0: Welcome to From the Front Porch, a conversational podcast about books, small business, and life in the South. And as we dance, I am not Melody, who is 16. I am not my parents' once illegitimate daughter. I am a narrative, someone's almost forgotten story, remembered. Jacqueline Woodson, Red at the Bone. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia, and today I'm joined by my cousin, friend, and former bookshelf staffer and occasional product designer, Ashley Sherlock. Ashley and I share a similar pop cultural sensibility, so we're going to match up some TV shows to books today in honor of the mm, six to seven months we've all spent in quarantine watching a lot of TV. Hey, Ashley! Hello, thanks for having me. Welcome back. I'm so excited to talk to you. Me too. Because we talk about this stuff a lot. (laughs) Yeah, this is
1: everyday (laughs) conversation.
0: (laughs) So this is pretty much just, I don't know, an outsiders get to look and listen in now on the conversations you and I have on the reg. (laughs) Basically, I texted you this week and I said, I want to talk about TV. I want to pair TV shows that we've been watching or have loved in the past with books. So, and if you like this, then you'll like this, but instead of pairing different books together, pairing a book and a show. So, are you ready to do this? Let's do it. Okay. I'm going to start with a new show Jordan and I have watched and I haven't even told you about this one so I'm very excited about it. <laughs> so, I think Knox McCoy actually greenlit this show a couple weeks ago on the podcast, but Jordan and I have been watching Ted Lasso. It's a new thirty minute, I guess, sitcom um, or TV show on Apple TV, and it stars Jason Sudeikis, who is blandly handsome, which is just an extra perk. But it is—he's like a, I don't know, Midwestern football coach, and he goes to England and becomes a soccer coach for one of their soccer teams. It is one of the most delightful shows on television.
1: It's, I hadn't it's, heard
0: of it. It's so good. It's very like feel good TV without okay. being too terribly schmaltzy. Ted Lasso is just the guy you want to root for. He's just the nicest. Like, he's got all these Midwestern sensibilities and kind of this. I think one of the British soccer players calls him like he's got this yeehaw personality, <laughs> which could be stereotyped and, and become something kind of mean or snarky. But instead, he is so pure of heart. It is the most. Aww. Pure of Heart, which I think I've really been into Pure of Heart TV. I you don't definitely want to spoil. Help. Yeah, I don't want to spoil in case you talk about some other shows. But like, that's what I've been into is to kind of feel good things. Because I think the world is really hard right now. So any little bits of goodness and joy, I'm here for. <laughs> so if you watch Ted Lasso, and you like this new show, 30 minute show on Apple TV, I think you will like the Frederick Bachman book, Brit Marie Was Here.
1: Did you ever read this? No, I haven't read any of his books, actually. Okay,
0: so Man Called Uva is his super popular book club favorite. Beartown is another one that is really good. I think it's my favorite one of his. It's pretty dark, but well-written, small town, really great. But Brit Marie Was Here is about a town, like a a woman who lives in a small town. I think kind of that's his specialty. And she's kind of a curmudgeon, but we we get to see like a lady curmudgeon. Uh, okay, <laughs> which, which I feel like we occasionally need a lady representation in the curmudgeon category. For sure. So Britt Marie is kind of this curmudgeon, and she lives in this small town. And she decides on a whim to try not to be a curmudgeon anymore. And so she takes it upon herself to coach the children's soccer team. And it is as delightful as it sounds. I think it kind of got overshadowed by the popularity of a man called uva and because he is the stereotypical and like the probably optimal curmudgeon i think Britt marie kind of got the short end of the stick but i really like this book and i think the two while we've been watching the ted lasso book i was thinking gosh i feel like i read a book about soccer that i really liked what was it and so ted lasso on tv meet brit marie in book form i think it's a perfect pairing
1: nice okay what you got Okay, so first of all, I had to try so hard to pick shows (laughs) that I thought you wouldn't pick. The next time, okay, first of all, the next time we do this, I feel like it should be a game to see like how many things we can get the same. Like apples to apple or what's that game? (laughs) Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking because we're so good at it. But have you seen the show Ozark with Jason Bateman? Okay, I
0: Jordan and I have started this show, but we probably did not give it the full attention it deserves. Nancy on the bookshelf staff is a huge Ozark fan. Really? Like big time. Yes, yeah, she's watched all the seasons.
1: Whoa. Okay. So, I'm still I think I'm on season 1 still. Um, okay. I'm watching it very slowly because it is not it's it's outside my range. I'm mostly a comedy person. It's super dark. It's about this guy who is working with a drug cartel and he has to move his family to the ozarks super dark super i don't know not weird but just criminally drugs yeah it's really intense it feels like intense is the proper word yes yeah we watched what we
0: watch oh we're big fans of breaking bad Okay. and this reminded us a little bit of breaking bad and i think that's why we started it and like liked it but i don't know that either one of us were like
1: in the mood yes the i have not been in the mood i started watching it in quarantine and i don't yeah. think it's going to be a quarantine show for me <laughs> yeah. but slowly but surely we're getting there But that, I thought, would pair well with Long Bright River by Liz Moore. Oh, that's good. (laughs) Thank you. They both got, you know, family, drugs, some twists. Long Bright River is a female lead. She's actually a cop, but she deals with, you know, the opioid crisis. So I thought there were just some, there could be some cool parallels in there. Oh, yeah. I like it. I'd
0: watch a TV adaptation of Long Bright River, too. I would, too. loved that book. Yeah, that was a good book. Okay. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. So my next one is Dark and also Olivia adjacent. My next one is You, the TV show on
1: Netflix. Okay. I almost did this one, but I didn't.
0: (laughs) Okay. That show, you've watched it, right? Yes. Man, Jordan and I binged this show, I think the first two seasons, and then maybe, did the third season come out before quarantine or in quarantine? I don't know i don't know time is a blur but we love this show it is not for the faint of heart it is very pg-13 maybe more hard to say but basically it's about this bookseller who likes to stalk women and maybe occasionally murder them so so it's really horrifying actually but it stars the guy what's the guy's name from gossip girl Pin pin pin. Batchley is his name. Batchley. Am I making that up? Right. What a what a little guy. I feel like I've talked about that before, but he <laughs> yeah. is just he's so scrawny. <laughs> he's so scrawny in this show. I can't get over it. But okay, nevertheless, Olivia has been talking nonstop about this new book. Um, put out. It's a translation by Europa Editions. It is called Three by I think it's Da machine is his name so anyway she has been talking about this book nonstop. truly she has explained the plot to every bookshelf staffer who will listen (laughs) to her but it's called three because it's divided into three parts olivia would very much want me to tell you that you must read all three parts don't get don't stop halfway through you've got to dedicate yourself (laughs) like
1: go, go all the way in commitment
0: but she loves this book because it starts off where there's kind of this young single mom and she has had just a bad string of luck and she lives with her, one of her kids. And she's finally decided to enter the dating pool again. And she dates this guy named Gil and you, the reader, can tell something is a little bit off, but also Gil is just kind of blah, kind of mundane, until all of a sudden Gil is not blah or mundane. I think you can see where this is going. But immediately when she was telling me about Three, I was like, oh, like you. He's like Joe. <laughs> Gil and Joe. It's these one-syllable male stalkers. So anyway, I think if you like the Netflix show You, then you would really like this new book called Three by D.A. Machine.
1: Awesome. That that actually sounds very interesting. I want to read it. Olivia has talked nonstop
0: about it, and so now I know all about it, but I kind of feel like I should just go ahead and read it anyway.
1: Yeah, I'm intrigued for sure. Yeah. Okay. My next one is Tiger King. I feel okay. like did you I feel like you started that one and didn't finish it? Is we did
0: we finished it, but I did fall asleep during the last episode.
1: <laughs> okay. Interesting. Did you like what were your thoughts on it? Did you enjoy it too, we did. too far out for you?
0: It, no, we really liked it partly because it felt like we were doing something as a community of people. <laughs> yeah. I'm very into communal watching. And during quarantine, it felt like this was the show everyone was talking about. Definitely. And you were the person who told me about it. And so you told me about it first. So kudos to you. Thank um, you. Yeah. And so Jordan and I watched it and we loved it. We're very addicted to it. Binged it along with the rest of the country. But for some reason, I did fall asleep in the last episode. Um, kind of dozed here all there. Right. But
1: that's okay. Fair enough. It happens. So for that one, I feel like if you watch Tire King and you want a book to go with it, first of all, I don't really know why you would want that. But <laughs> <laughs> maybe you do. And I feel like if you do, you're kind of looking for maybe a wild ride. And I feel like Swamplandia by Karen Russell could be a good pairing for this. Oh, okay. Um, you have you read that? Yes, I love it, that book about and it um, is bonkers alligator wrestlers in <laughs> Florida. Which yes. yes, please sign me up. <laughs> but I thought maybe like the father and, and son dispute. You know, where and mm. then he goes to work at a rival theme park.
0: Yes,
1: I think I think that
0: could be fun. Oh, I totally think so. I. And the setting in Tiger King is so rich. Like you're really in Oklahoma when you're watching Tiger King. Yeah, and I feel like in Swamplandia you are really in Florida. Like if Karen Russell does such a good job of writing about setting and place, and I think, yeah, Tiger King gives that same deep sense of setting. Yeah. So and Joe
1: Exotic could also be another real life version of Florida Man, even though he's in
0: wherever he is. So true. Oh, it's so true. There is a book out. Oh gosh, I was not prepared for this, but there was a there's a book that came out this year about a and I read an article about it. I've not read the book, but it's about a documentarian who has decided it's nonfiction. It's like his memoir, where he and his friends decided to go around the state of Florida and I think maybe do the whole kind of state and film it. But while they're filming, they I guess they had so much material he decided to write this book. And I'm very intrigued because the article about the book was so good. Like I think Lauren Groff wrote it. And so now I kind of want to read this book. It's hefty, but it's all it's essentially a book about Florida Man is really what it boils Ooh, down to. Super it,
1: interesting. Yeah.
0: But I think you're right. I think Tiger King and Florida Man have a lot in common. <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> okay. An oldie but a goodie. I I you and I, with our with your sister and my cousin, Caroline, have been watching every week Gilmore Girls. We've been mm-hmm. like, that's, we started it a couple of weeks ago to kind of launch into fall. And it's just been such a comfort to me to do this kind of Netflix party. It's actually been a while since I've watched Gilmore Girls, but it's the perfect fall show. And I, while we've been watching it, it's been fun because I've watched it so many times. Now I feel like I can be kind of nitpicky, but uh-huh. in
1: love. Definitely.
0: Yeah, and, and I'm also struck by the things I still really like about it and then the characters I really don't like or why I don't like them. There's a lot of self-analyzation, I think, that goes on now when I watch <laughs> yeah. an episode of Gilmore Girls. Yeah. But... I guess last year, it came out in hardback. That's right. And then it just released in paperback in the last couple of weeks. Read at the Bone by Jacqueline Woodson, which is the book I quoted at the beginning, mm-hmm. is just this really beautiful, sparsely told story of um, three generations of women. And Melody in the book is the 16-year-old daughter of these two people who kind of had her before they got married. They like had her as a teenager her mom had her as a teenager. And so all while I was reading Red at the Bone, although it is about a Black family and it is very much a story about the African-American experience set in Brooklyn, the setting is great, the writing is awesome because it's told from various um, points of view from different members of the family, but I still feel like there are similarities to Gilmore Girls, even though Gilmore Girls is very white, very very (laughs) much set in like, I was going to say Stepford, Connecticut, but that's... That's not right, but it's set it's set in Connecticut, kind of waspy territory, and but the still these three generations of women and how they cope with the pregnancy of and the birth of the granddaughter. I feel like it's so similar, and some of the themes seem so uh, familiar to me. And so, if you have not read Red at the Bone, first of all, highly recommend. Um, really great piece of literary fiction, but told written by a poet, and I. I have made a quarantine discovery, which is I don't always read poetry, but one thing I do really love is a memoir or a book written by a poet that isn't in poetry format. Does that make sense? Yeah. So- I really liked Priest Daddy. I really liked Memorial Drive. And Jacqueline Woodson traditionally writes in poetry. And her works are so outstanding. I loved Brown Girl Dreaming. But this one is prose. But it because she's a poet, her poetic voice still shines through, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So anyway, the writing is great. But if you like Gilmore Girls, I actually think you would really enjoy Red at the Bone. The themes are very similar, even though maybe the characters at the heart of the book are different from the characters at the heart of Amy Sherman. Paladino shows, so Gilmore Girls, if you like that, try Red at the bone.
1: I love that that was a really unexpected comparison and I have had Red at the bone sitting on my nightstand for the longest time, but now maybe it's time for me to pick it back up since we're watching Gilmore Girls, yeah did you have the you have the arc, perchance. I do. I'm pretty sure it's yours.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> I looked for it today. I looked for it today to grab a quote, and I was like, gosh, I guess I really do get rid of my arcs. Where is that? My okay, bad. you have it.
1: That's fine. Always, always check with me, because I usually have them. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. That's really okay. Okay, what um, you got next? Okay, next. Oh, I can't decide where I want to go from here. Next, I guess I think I'll do The Politician. I Ooh, does- okay. I almost
0: picked this show.
1: I'm so glad I, okay. you did. I almost didn't because I thought, <laughs> would, because you told me to watch it. But I am interested to hear if you had a book to pair with it. So I just finished season two, which is all that's available on Netflix. Loved it. Loved that they, you know, incorporated rock, paper, scissors into one of their <laughs> issues. And the book, I think, that I actually haven't read yet, that I think would go well with it, though, is I Think You're Wrong, But I'm Listening. By the oh. the ladies of pantsuit politics, correct? Yes, Sarah yes. Holland and Beth Silvers. That's right. I don't know. I think the there's a rivalry, a respectful rivalry. It doesn't start off respectful, but between Peyton, but played by Ben Platt, and then Dee Dee Standish, who I do not mm. know who plays her. But they start off super. You know, they're different political parties, but then they kind of. Get to know each other a little bit more and I would like for many of us to be doing right now they realize that each one of them is a person and they obviously disagree on things but they end up seeing each other in a in a different better light.
0: Yeah, they definitely they definitely see each other as people yeah. instead of yeah. just parties. Oh, that's a great comparison. Did you like season 1 or season 2 of The Politician better?
1: Oh, hard to say. I know. I liked Okay. So in season two, I really liked that Ben Platt sang and played more piano. Really, Mm. really into that. What's not to like? (laughs) I know. I don't know. It depends. Season two, I don't know. There's different things about each season that I liked and didn't like.
0: I liked season one. I was surprised it didn't get more buzz, but season two, man, it was super, I mean, we were really into it.
1: Yeah. It got wild there for a second.
0: Boy, it really did. And we were kind of on the edge of our seats. So we really like I like both seasons, but we really like season two. The book, I I love political fiction. I feel like I've read so many really good political books. But the one I immediately thought of was Rodham by Curtis Sittenfeld.
1: I, I almost said that one, too. <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be a great
0: cop, too. Uh-huh. Okay. The other show Jordan and I have watched during quarantine that we really liked, and I don't know how other people feel about it. I feel like it got very mixed reviews, but we really liked it. It's The Morning Show starring Steve (sighs) Carell and Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon.
1: I haven't seen it yet. Man, we really
0: liked it. And I think I hesitated because the people I trust in all things pop culture, the podcast, like I think Knox liked it, Jamie didn't or something. Yeah. And so... I think I put it by I put it off for a long time like well, you know whatever but Jordan and I it's like right in our sweet spot of drama and it does have some political stuff and it also has some current events stuff and I love news drama. I love it so much. I feel like I frequently, I have sat at a desk, perhaps not at the bookshelf, but at my old jobs in my old life where I would just research heavily stuff about Ann Curry and back in the day, Matt Lauer. And now we all know Matt Lauer was super problematic and terrible, but I follow that kind of thing. I love the movie Morning Glory starring Harrison Ford and Rachel McAdams. So this is very much in that same vein. I think Jennifer Aniston is great in this. I think Reese Withers' Spoon is fine. And I think Steve Carell just doesn't have a ton to do, but the show (laughs) is really good. I really like it. And the comparison, there were a couple I wanted to say, but One of these I've read and one of them I haven't. So the first one that came to mind was Savage News, which is actually written by a news anchor and comes highly recommended by a couple of our bookshelf customers. It's now out in paperback. The immediate one I came up with after that was Rise and Shine by Anna Quindlin. Anna Quindlin is one of my favorite authors. I especially loved her Newsweek columns back in the day. And she wrote this book called Rise and Shine about a morning show host who makes a mistake on air. And I loved this book. I tried to find my copy on the shelves and I can't find it. Maybe I need to check your shelves. Itself. I do not have this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if I let my mom borrow it. I don't know. I need to see if I can still have it because it was really good. And as I recall, what I really like about Anna Quinland's fiction is it's super bingeable for lack of a better term like you just really you start it and kind of immediately need to find out what happens and rise and shine definitely falls into that category the morning show jordan and i chose to watch an episode every night which showed real restraint on our part we are we're not really good at controlling our impulses when it comes to tv <laughs> but we watched that one one episode a night and then i think rise and shine would be the perfect follow-up so if you like the morning show try rise and shine by anna Quindlin.
1: Okay, I was going to skip watching The Morning Show, but now that I know you like it, I think I'm going to give it a try. Yeah, I really did. I
0: really did. And I think there are some particular standout episodes. Billy Crudup, I don't know if you're familiar with him. Some people have mentioned him to me as a blatantly handsome man. I am sorry that I do not really agree, but he's really weird in this show in a pretty intriguing way. I think you'll like it. You need to download Apple TV. I
1: think we have it.
0: Okay, you need to get on it.
1: I will. Okay. I'm gonna do this one's weird and I don't have a book comp, but okay. if you watched Down to Earth with Zach Efron, I didn't I didn't know didn't know what book to put with that. So I'm just okay. gonna do like a blanket. Nobody is really watching Down to Earth for the content, I don't think. We're <laughs> just watching because we love Zach Efron. We want um, good things for him. Yes. So I feel like If you watch down to earth and you would like to experience something like that again, just pick an author that you love, you know, one that you have read before and find out if they have branched out, written something in another genre. Okay. Go read that book. I (laughs) see where you're going.
0: Yes. Okay. I see where you're going with this because this is a documentary is not really standard Zac Efron fare.
1: No, nor do I think it probably should be. (laughs) That's that's what we have. And (laughs) I'm happy to see his face in my living room. Did you watch the whole series? No, I haven't finished it. I'm really bad at finishing things in quarantine. Not gonna lie. Look, I feel like if you
0: know anything about me, you know, I'm a finisher. Yes. but man we started that show and this is not an exaggeration like we plopped down in front of dinner one night to watch this show I think I gave it 30 seconds or a minute and I looked at Jordan I said absolutely not <laughs> absolutely not we are not wasting our time with this and look I like Zach Efron but you know what I'm here for I'm here for apparently a remake of three men and a baby starring Zach Efron <laughs> okay, that okay. I will watch I can't support this documentary I'm so sorry <laughs> but I like the idea of reading a book by an author that's outside their typical genre. I do. I think that's a good idea. Thank you. That's, I'm trying to th- even think of an example of what that would be.
1: I couldn't hmm. think of anything off the top of my head.
0: Oh, well, I have an I have one that well, and I, I think it's outside genre to me. It's outside genre for her. Barbara Kingsolver has a new poetry book coming out this fall.
1: Oh, nice. That yeah. is a good thing.
0: Yeah, and I'm really excited about it. So if you like Barbara Kingsolver, this will be your chance to maybe ease into some poetry. Lovely. Okay, let me think. (laughs) All right, my next one is going to be Married at First Sight. (laughs) This is not a show I am proud of. It's not a show I'm proud that Jordan and I watched. I believe season 13 released on Netflix, which is what we watched. And then even Jordan was so hooked that he found on Hulu the remainder of the seasons. He realized, oh, we can go back and watch these. We watched season one and season two. I don't know if we're going to keep going because honestly, it's not great for the brain. Like it's just really, it's really not. But also we have been so depressed because we've watched season one and season two. So then you can Google what happened to these couples and like these couples that you were really rooting for, you find out, you know, now that it's five years later, they're divorced.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And so- I think even Jordan is slowly losing interest because I think think at first he was like, this is so great. Like, look at these people really trying hard at marriage. And now he's like, this is depressing. There's no hope. (laughs) Yeah, now it's depressing. So, but if you basically miss the reality TV, if that's something you really miss in your life, I highly recommend One to Watch. We've talked about this before. Have you read this yet? One to Watch? Yes. No, I have not. Okay, Ashley, you will love this. Truly, I'm not I'm not exaggerating. If we weren't on air right now, I would still be telling you to read this book. Uh it's so good. It's I keep telling everybody it's the best season of The Bachelorette I've ever watched. Okay. It is fiction. The author of it is actually a political campaign strategist, I think. But she has written this book set in a fictional Bachelorette landscape. Like it's a fictionalized version of the show. The woman at the heart of the book, B is a plus-size model, and she kind of critiques the show on her blog for not being body positive, and they wind up casting her as their next bachelorette. And chaos obviously ensues. It's a paperback original. It is fantastically written. It was a five-star book for me. Really funny, clever, also kind of a social commentary. And so this is actually way better than most reality TV you're watching certainly better than the three seasons of Married at First Sight, which I very much regret watching. So if you need to watch reality TV, or if you like long for that void to be filled in your life, I would highly recommend one to watch and skip Married at First Sight. But like, if you like Married at First Sight, or if you like Love is Blind, then this is the book for you.
1: Nice. Okay. I'm going to put that on my list of things to order from the bookshelf. (laughs) Yeah. It's so good. And it's a paperback, which is great. Yeah. It's perfect. Okay, I'm trying to narrow down my list because I have so many. Can I tell you the shows that I have and you can tell me which ones you think? Okay, I have Schitt's Creek. Okay, wait, (laughs) dysfunctional
0: family. Okay, Musical Chairs by Amy Papel or that new book by Emma Straub, All Adults Here. Uh, All Adults Here, that's what I had. Okay, nice. Good job. (laughs) I have The Good Place. Oh, I have one for that because it was on my list. okay. What do you have? Okay, I have a young adult novel called Layover Land that okay, I read I heard of that. Did yeah, I read, I read it earlier this year. she the teenager at the heart of the book dies and is in purgatory.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure I read that too.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's cute little book. um not quite as philosophical and deep maybe as the good place sometimes gets, but yeah. still very comparable.
1: I put Lincoln in the Bardo for that one and also <gasps> Good Omens. Oh, Lincoln and the Bardo. That book is one of,
0: you know what I'd like to do? Maybe we'll do a podcast episode about it. My best, my favorite books of the last 10 years.
1: That, like, that's a good idea. Wouldn't it be like, you do like,
0: but that book, Ooh, that book was like a game changer.
1: Really? That that book is so good. So good. Okay. Okay. Next I have the great British bake-off. What'd you have for that one? One that I haven't read, but The Coincidence of Coconut Cake.
0: Okay. I've read The Coincidence of Coconut Cake. I definitely think that would be a comp title. It's fine. Another book that's even better that would also be a comp title is City Baker's Guide to Country Living.
1: Uh, I didn't even think about that one. That's perfect. Utterly enjoyable. Nice. Okay. Last two. Fleabag. Okay. My heart. Do you have a book for that one? I mean, yeah. Do you have a book?
0: Uh, Priest Daddy. That's so good. <laughs> That's so good. Okay, I think pre study is great. Wow, two pre study mentions and one I know. podcast. I think pre study is a great comp, and I actually think Transcendent Kingdom by Yagi by Yag-Yasi okay. would be equally equally as great and dealing with the same kind of faith and doubt and science kind of things that Fleabag is grappling with. Nice. Did I tell you, Jordan and I just watched that. I truly think I just watched it for the eighth time.
1: Oh, Fleabag. Yeah, <laughs> wow! <laughs> I think I've seen it three times, but now uh, I kind of want to watch it again. Uh, I'm, I'm trying a, yeah, to watch I, new things, though. I'm trying really hard. Look, but... here's my thing: Fleabag season two is basically the
0: the length of a full length feature film. Okay, well, when you put it that way, yeah. Why not watch it eight times? It's like watching set it up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. doing it. I'm going to watch it. Okay, last one that you told me about: Love on okay. the Spectrum. Okay. What'd you pick? Did you have one? I picked The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse.
0: Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> oh, that's really good. Thank you. Oh, I like that one a lot. I think that's good because it's that, it's just so heartwarming. And Jordan and I, d- how far along in, love, in this, love on the Spectrum are you?
1: I'm only on episode two. I have to take it in small doses because my heart swells too big. <laughs> Yeah, it does make you feel a lot of
0: things, but Jordan and I binged it. Like I said, we don't have a lot of self control when it comes to TV, but we watched it. And Jordan, I thought, had the perfect description of it. He looked at me and he goes, These people are working harder at dating than you and I have ever worked at anything in our lives.
1: Oh my goodness. That's so true. It's so true.
0: They're putting in so much effort, and may it be an inspiration to us all. I love that show. And that's a good comp. Okay. My only, I had, Babysitters Club, the show. Okay. Obviously, you could be reading the books. I highly recommend. But I also thought the book by Elizabeth Ames that came out a couple years ago called The Others Gold would be a really good one if you want to like imagine what those babysitters are doing now. Nice. So, like picturing adult friendships instead of kid friendships. And I have a TV show that I really like, but I couldn't think of a book. So, Jordan and I are watching and really liking. Which it's totally outside genre for both of us, but we're really liking Lovecraft Country on HBO. Okay, it's done by Jordan Peele, who did Get Out, which we loved. Right. And what I like about it, and I almost thought like The Brightlands by John Fram, but it's basically it's set in the '60s, and so it's dealing with racism, and these this family is kind of traveling across the country. They're on this road trip. But then, like, out of the blue, there's a lot of sci-fi elements and monster elements. Okay. I guess, you know, in honor of H.P. Lovecraft. Anyway, but I was trying to think of a book I've read that does that, where you think things are going one way, and then it kind of twists. And that's why the only thing I could think of was Brightlands, where you think you're reading, like, a Friday Night Lights kind of thing, but then it switches and monsters are involved. No spoilers. but. Anyway, that was the only thing I could think of. Can you think of a sci-fi adjacent book? That's not really my thing
1: normally. No, it's not mine either, unfortunately. I'm bad at that. And every time I come on here, I forget everything that I've ever read in my (laughs) whole life. It's the
0: microphone. Look, the microphone really does. It does stuff to you. It does. It's a very humbling piece of equipment. It really is, man. (laughs) More power to you. I do think we did a good job, though. Like, that's a lot of quality TV, I think. (laughs) Yeah, it is. And really quality literature. And I think fun, fun pairings that I hope will get people reading maybe outside their genre. Or if they're watching TV, then they're pairing it maybe with one of these books. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thanks, Ashley. Thank you. From the Front Porch is a weekly podcast production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in South Georgia. You can follow The Bookshelf's daily happenings on Instagram at bookshelfteeville, and all the books from today's episode can be purchased online through our store website, www.bookshelfthomasville.com. Special thanks to Dylan and his team at Studio D Production for sound and editing, and for our theme music, which sets the perfect warm and friendly tone for our Thursday conversations. This week, I'm reading Claudia and Mean Janine
1: by Anne M. Martin. What are you reading, Ashley? I am currently reading *A Very Punchable Face* by Colin Jost. Do you love it? I am so loving it. It's amazing. Yeah, it's so good. It was totally unexpected to me. Once I once I can get past the fact that I'm not writing for SNL right now, it's really fun.
0: <laughs> Look, just go ahead and be grateful because I don't even think SNL is really working right now. You know what I'm I saying? Know, I know.
1: Fair <laughs> enough, but still, like, it's not. It's not ever. It's not going to be on my resume. The but culture there.
0: The, the culture there is fascinating to me. The SNL oral history, and then some of these memoirs we've read by comedians—it's just a fascinating workplace environment I to love me.
1: Love it, yeah, so much.
0: Well, if you liked what you heard on today's episode, you can tell us by leaving a review on iTunes, or if you're so inclined, support us on Patreon, where you can hear our staff's weekly new release Tuesday conversations, read full book reviews in our monthly Shelf Life newsletter, follow along as Hunter and I conquer a classic, and receive free media mail shipping on all your online book orders. Just go to patreon.com forward slash from the front porch. We're so grateful for you, and we look forward to meeting back here next week.